I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, everyone. Uh, Jeremy here uh, from Sick Boy Podcast of the E1 Podcast Network. And um, we're going to... We're going to throw a little midweek episode up this week, and it's going to be the second recording that we did with Brandon Thomas. Uh, I know we said we were going to do it uh, for the, the, you know, this current Monday and and next Monday, but we figured it would be best just to put it up today because uh, yesterday was Brandon's uh, memorial. It was an absolutely uh, beautiful service. Um, it was held at a, a funeral home here in Halifax, and uh, there were so many people that showed up that they literally had to um, shift people into the overflow rooms. And uh, I believe that there was uh, standing room only in, in two separate overflow rooms and standing room only in the hallway of the, the funeral home. There were many people who um, who were there because they were touched by Brandon in some way. Um, he was very loved, and it was a really special service. Actually, um, David McGinley, the chaplain who we had here on Sick Boy for episode 100, our, our big 100th episode, um, David McGinley actually uh, officiated the funeral. And I have to say that man is, is, uh, he's so special. He has a way with words and he was very captivating. And I think he did an incredible job of, uh, of, of just guiding everyone and helping everyone, um, grieve and process and remember Brandon for, for who he was. And actually Brian also, uh, took some time to go up and he, he actually spoke, um, and said a few words and it was really, really funny really beautiful. Um, he, he told a, a very funny story about the first night that we took Brandon out for drinks. Um, uh, it was, I believe his first night out as a 19 year old. Um, it was a really special service. I want to just take a moment and thank everybody who took the time to reach out to us over the last week. Um, there were many people that sent us emails and messages uh, just saying kind words and and letting us know how much Brandon's episode had has meant to them, and that really means a lot, and we thank you all so much for that. So without further ado, uh, let's throw it to the second time we had Brandon on the podcast. Um, we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did, and once again, Brandon, we love you, dude. You'll be missed. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. Today's guest is Brandon. He's coming back to talk to us because his cancer came back. <sighs> Let's talk about it.
Um, you're a bad bitch. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy. Hey, Brian. Hey, Tay. Hi. All right, so uh, this is really cool. This is going to be a cool episode uh, because... Do you know why, Taylor? Uh, yes. T- Brian, do you know why? No, tell me. You sh- you, uh, you really should know because... Co-host Brian is out of the loop. <laughs> yeah, because you got your phone, your face in your phone. Put your phone down. Uh, this At is- Brian Stever on Instagram. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be a really fun episode because we are sitting down for the first time with a guest that we've had on the show before for a little update. So we, we've gotten we've gotten quite a few emails. Uh, and first of all, thank you to all the people who take the time out of their day to write to us, to tell us how uh, the podcast has affected them, to, um, you know, to just tell us what, what their thoughts are, any constructive uh, feedback. We love that stuff. Um, but we've gotten a number of emails where people have requested a sort of checkup on past guests. Uh, how's Leighton doing? How is Andrew doing? How is Brandon doing? Well, if you had not already tuned in, before you listen to this episode, stop. Go back to the osteosarcoma episode, which we recorded a few months ago. Uh, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe like what? Like around our 20th or March yeah. or April? Those are three very different months. Uh, so go back and listen to our osteosarcoma episode where we sat down with Brandon to talk to him about his experience with osteosarcoma. Dude, weren't you in the hospital in December? No, I got out. I got out in December. That's when I got discharged. Oh, okay. Because today, we're sitting down. Hey, Brandon. What's up? Dude, you're, you've got the most solid radio voice. Thank you. Yeah. yeah you do have a good radio voice. Yeah, it's good. I'm, is gonna, it, I'm is thinking it, of taking up a life of radio. It's a lot of fun. Really good. Yeah, it's uh, a lot I'm, of fun. I'm wondering, is it a good thing to be back on the podcast as a guest? No. <laughs> well, that's that's where things get interesting. So, Brandon, why don't you why don't you give us a, a quick like Cole's notes version of why you came on the podcast in the first place? All right. Um, I was diagnosed like like speedball round. Yeah, real speedball round. Just fired off. All right. For Di- anyone who might have forgotten or who is deciding not to go back and listen to the osteosarcoma. Even episode. though we obviously clearly just said. To. Yeah. All right. So name's Brandon Thomas, 20 years old. It's 18, diagnosed with osteosarcoma, the bone tumor, left femur. Uh, tumor got really large very quickly. Ended up losing the leg. They took my lower leg, rotated 180 degrees, reattached it to my upper part of my leg. So crazy. Now my foot is backwards. And for everyone out there who's, who's, who's now looking up and diagonally to the sky, trying to picture that in their mind, uh, what's it called so they can just hop on Google real quick? Rotation plasty. The, the, the Van Ness. The Van Ness. Rotation, rotation plasty. plasty. Rolls off the tongue beautifully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually a pretty pretty amazing uh, f- Facebook video that was going around for a while of a young girl, maybe age like eight, and she was like, hey, this is, I had a Van Ness, and this is what it looks like, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's, a, it's another. Is that the girl resource. who dances? Yeah. 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 yeah, the ballet dancer. I tried messaging her for advice, but she just, she just ignored me. Yeah, probably because she's famous. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's time for you peasants. <laughs> so you had you had osteosarcoma. They cut your femur off. They mm-hmm. replaced your leg backwards. Um, and when we met, you came in and you had you had just gotten out of the hospital. Pretty much, you had kind of just turned nineteen, not too long ago. Yeah, and you had what was called an X fix, external fixator. Yeah. So, which is essentially like a whole bunch of 
gear had holding like, you in place. Yeah, I got like six metal pins sticking out of my leg, uh, held together with like one metal like bar that went straight up. Yeah, and I think that, one one of like the best ways to picture it is like you know the headgear you get put on, like that old school braces Halo? headgear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like that for your mm. to attach your leg on. Yeah, for like, your hips and your mm. leg. So you had that, and you were sitting in the chair, and you told us your story, and it was pretty fucking intense. You were living in the hospital for nine months, Sucked. off and on, but like mostly on. Mm. Um, it was, you know, you you went through hell and back, but you were looking like a champ. And hair, you well, had hair. One of the things that <laughs> I, one of the things that I recall about it that I found really fascinating was that there was like all of these different complications that that came up, and and one of the things that you said was that the doctor told you that that it was common semi-common to have like one of those things go wrong mm. but you had like all of the things go wrong yeah i got shitty luck <laughs> it was so it was pretty intense but then things were on the up and up right you had the x fix in you were going in people they were they were checking you out yeah uh, they were like x fix is like looking pretty solid we're gonna we're gonna take it out of you now Rewind about what maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Yeah, let us know what what went down. What's your update? Why are you back on the show? Well, I was at the gym, of course, where all bad things happen. Also, <laughs> you look fit right now, dude. Like you're those Feeling arms. Fit. God damn it! Oh, they're they're so big. You look great. Um, all that crutching. Ooh. All that crutching. <laughs> so big. All cancer happens at. The gym, of course, as <laughs> happened to me previously, if you listened to the previous episode. I was on the elliptical bike, had my leg, one leg strapped in, just biking away. And I was getting this really bad hip flexor pain, my, my left hip flexor near the groin. And so I started feeling around and I felt this small little bump. And it kind of felt like a small like knot, like muscle. Uh, and so then I, I told my, my surgeon about it. So let's get an X-ray. It's probably like a like a lymph node or or something from your previous infections. It's nothing major. Is that like are you calling him up and going, "Yo, I want to meet because I want to talk to you about this," or is this just you go and you you meet with him and you bring it up? I, I call them up. Like I know him personally, so I, right. I get that privilege of just calling him. Sweet. Uh, so came in, did an X-ray. You kind of see a shadow. So then, but it didn't give him enough. So we ordered a CT at that time. And the CT is like just a deeper look. It'll pick up contrast if there's, you know, blood vessels, things like that, tissue, what it, what it's made out of. And at that time, you could see that it actually had uptake, that there was blood supply to this mass. And this so, so it was like, it was basically like a uh, a living thing. Like it was a thing that was like, I am I am active in your body. I'm it, not just some like wad of tissue that's no. just like you know dormant but i'm i'm actually i'm doing shit it was doing some shit yeah. it was doing some shit yeah and so he we sat down and he looked at me and he said so you know it had uptake and so if it has uptake it has blood supply it's likely a tumor uh and it's likely cancerous why why is it likely cancer because i had cancer previously so if you find a mass in my body, you're just automatically going to think, you know, well, it's came back at that point, right? right. Um, so I I remember also from the from the past conversation that we had, you you mentioned that you got to the last couple rounds of chemo and you didn't end up doing them, correct? Yeah, I got twenty three out of twenty eight, 
And at the time, they weren't sure if that was a factor in whether it is a local reoccurrence or just a metastasis. And metastasis meaning like the cancer just completely reinman- like re- reinfested itself. It came back completely on its own. Right. Uh, whereas a local reoccurrence is I had 23 treatments, we missed something. And then it had time to grow. So, so they're they're they are still not sure at this point. Uh, then, well, as I go on, as they they did further testing. So, after the scan, they ordered a surgical biopsy for the second, like the right after twenty four hours. Came back to the hospital. Uh, they did the biopsy, and at that point, they were able to determine that it was the exact same cancer I had in my leg. Uh, so, meaning that it was a local reoccurrence and. Once they had a tumor board meeting and all the oncologists met and they all looked at all the scans, they felt that that's what it likely was. Which okay. is which is the on the better side of things. Yeah, you want the, the local reoccurrence because if it's the exact same cancer, then you expect, okay, chemotherapy worked on it the first time, it's going to work on it the second time. Instead right. of if it, if it comes back on its own, it, it might be stronger than the previous one because now it's used, to the, it's used to the chemo, it's used to the drugs. Uh, so it's harder to treat and that's why you go from having this like 80% survival rate that drops right down the 20 to 30. Wow. Man, is, is cancer like, and to go back to Jeremy's like analogy of, of it being a living thing. Is it, is it just this asshole that's inside of you? That's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just here to fuck shit up. It, it, it is. It's just, it's here to fuck my day up. Dude, who like if, if, uh, if cancer, <clears throat> I feel like if cancer was going to be uh, portrayed in like as a character, as a human character, it would be Joffrey, King Joffrey. Like mm, that would yeah. be the perfect oh, yeah. example of, oh yeah, that's what cancer looks like. Who's King it's, Joffrey? Uh, well, uh, dude, well, come Brian, on. <sighs> come on, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. It's like the only thing I don't watch. Yeah, so. and well, what's crazy about King Joffrey is that that actor was like, he was like, it's fun playing the bad guy, but man, I go, I go onto be. the street and people literally hate me. Yeah, and it kind of hurts my feelings. And he's like, he's like such a like beautiful like 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 philanthropist. Like he's just such an incredible human being. Because but he's like, obviously that's not him. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Duh. I know. <laughs> people, but people see him as cancer, and that's how I see cancer is that. That, that fucking, fucking blonde, actor, yeah, yeah. That blonde I can, fucker. I can agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. yo. So, so one of the things on the on the last episode was, uh, or when we recorded with you last, was if I'm recalling right, and I don't remember if I'm have all the details straight, but the reason that you got 23 out of 28 mm. chemo treatments was because the chemo was kind of fucking you up, right? And it was like getting kind of dangerous. Yeah, I was, I was definitely taking a beating uh, the first time. You were septic, weren't you? Septic twice. Twice, yeah. Uh, when septic twice, my kidneys were uh, coming close to failing. It was just one thing after another. Uh, so I had two choices, stop chemo, uh, hope all the cancer is gone and go on with my life or try and squeeze in a couple treatments, but ultimately end up possibly losing the leg completely and or dying or going on dialysis. Right. Um, doesn't seem worth it really. No, I thought you could. So I thought you couldn't do chemo i thought chemo is off the table like oh, permanently it, after that oh like can, like now you yeah mean? like you can go you obviously have got gone through chemo well, again well not exactly um so when the conversation of treatment came up the issue was 
I had such a difficult time with chemotherapy the first time. Mm -hmm. They knew that going into it a second time after, I mean, I just had it a couple months back. Yeah, it's not that long ago. I'm still not, my immune system's not as strong as it should be. Chances are I'll have a rougher time with this chemotherapy. It would be harder on me than even the first time they were thinking. Right. Uh, And they didn't want to put me through that. And so I was very lucky that the day they did my biopsy, this study opened, uh, and it's an immunotherapy study. This is the coolest shit. It's pretty interesting. This is this is the magic drugs made of unicorn horns and dreams. Dude, how do you even find a unicorn? Dragons. They're gone. Dragons pubic hair. Yeah, it's, it's made of everything. <laughs> uh, and so basically the IWK is involved with 200 children's hospitals. And they could choose two patients out of the 200 hospitals. And then... Did that, you say the IWK is... Sorry, it, what? It's IWK is part of like 200 oh. different children's hospitals. Okay, sure. Uh, that they like work with. And then like in, in, in Canada. And then out of the world, there's only 38, pa- like 38 children on this study right now. So I'm one of 38 and then... In the world. Out in the world getting this drug. Um... And so the and the age the cutoff for the age was twenty one. I'm twenty, so it was it was like perfect timing. Uh, if you if you want to look at it that way. Mm. <laughs> so I want I want to take it back just yeah. just a bit. So you you find out in in about basically June you find out that okay, uh, you the cancer has resurfaced. Yeah, it's clear that it's it's cancer. Now. You know, one of the things that I admired so much about you coming onto the podcast the first time and telling us your story mm. was that you were like, dude, your attitude towards the entire experience, towards something that like 99.9% of people, if they had to go through that, they would just be like beat down and, and just like just over, you know? Yeah. But you had this kind of like, I don't know, you had this determination and this this sort of outlook on it that was... um super inspiring for i think not only myself but a lot of people that listen to that episode a shit ton of people reached out to us and big saying time. specifically like your attitude yeah, yeah big powerful. time now when when we when you found out in june yeah. that the cancer resurfaced you and i were texting back and forth pretty regularly and you were kind of keeping me up to date what was going on do you remember how you how you felt at that time yeah I mean, he sat down and he says cancer. And I was with my mother at the time, so she, she starts crying. Of course. And I mean, you know, the first time they told me I had cancer when I had with the leg, you know, I was a mess. Uh, but this time around, like, the first thing I asked him was just, okay, like, what's my survival chances? What are the treatment options? Like, because I had already gone through nine months of it, I felt like, you know, I, I knew the questions I had to ask yeah. now. And it was, I didn't, I just went from being sick to being healthy to right back to being right sick back to again. Being sick again. It, was it was like so nothing familiar. changed. It's just like it snapped and I was right back in hospital mode. Again. Yeah. I didn't shed one tear. I didn't, I just, I wasn't, I felt so just emotionally detached from it. It was just like, all right, I've already done this. I have a, I like the Michael Phelps of cancer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, (laughs) if you, if you're okay with this, I have a text actually that you sent me on, on June 21st and are you going to ask him if he's okay with it or are you going to, I'm going to read it anyway. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I'm just Uh, We can edit it out if he wants me to, but, uh, but I was in the middle of rehearsals on Prince Edward Island when you sent me this and it was like, uh, you know, 
I was like, it was like a really intense rehearsal process. I was like mm. crying a lot every day. And then you started texting me the shit and I'm like, it ramped up like got even you, more. Got, oh, you got me right in the mood yeah. you needed to be in. Thank you so much for that. It I was got great. you to that yeah, place. It was great fuel. <laughs> but here, here's a text that actually like really shook me up a bit. And I just, I want to know if you remember saying this to me, but essentially you said, today was a bit heavy. I signed the papers and I start the treatments, but of course they have to make me aware and understand all the outcomes. So I have to meet with their palliative care unit just so they can get to know me. And that made me a bit uncomfortable, but he just wanted me to understand that if this drug doesn't work, no matter how promising it is, that's the route things may go mm-hmm. if stuff doesn't go the way they think it will. Yeah. Because the issue is if I was just doing regular chemo, my chances of survival would be about 20 to 30%. Yeah. And that's why they recommend taking uh, talking to their teams about possible outcomes. With immunotherapy, they can't give me a survival uh, they couldn't give me a survival rate because yeah. it was a study drug. So there's nobody's taken it before. So like literally the survival rate could be anywhere from 0% all the way to a hundred percent. Yeah. They said this drug's either going to work or it's just, it's not going to work. So and that's it. What? Like going in and talking to a, it's 50, a, 50 uh, then. Yeah. Yeah. It's 50, yeah, sure, 50. Sure. Yeah. But going in and talk to <laughs> math, uh, going in to talk to a group of, of people who work at a palliative care unit, like, well, that like was, at that point, were you at that point? Was it like, okay, the, I'm, the thing, I'm so done with this. Well, you know, the thing like, is, yeah, they, they brought up me meeting with palliative care when I, when I had texted you. Uh, but I, I still, I, I, in the end, I refused to meet with them because oh, you didn't even go. I didn't want, I didn't, the thing is, I didn't even want to put the idea in my mind Whoa. that I'm going to die that this is going to go that route because mentally I felt if I, if I went there and I put myself there, it's like, it's like thinking about, well, I might lose this. I might lose this game or, and if you get that in your head, then I think that affects your outcome. Like I, I only want to think I'm going to win. I'm going to survive. And that's the only outcome. And I didn't want to put anything else in my mind going into it. Kind of like an athlete goes into a sport. Man, you, I have a shit ton of respect for that. You don't yeah. think about, I'm going to lose this game. You think you come in, I'm going to crush everybody. Yeah, and I'm going to win. But I, I feel like, I'm kind of just having this uh, realization right now as uh, as you're going through uh, describing that attitude and that perspective mm. um, that even though, I mean, we spent a lot of time together, the the group of us since, since we recorded with you um, um, in the winter slash spring. Mm-hmm. And even though every time we hang out, we totally talk about it. We, it's, it's, like you know you you're bringing it up we're talking about it we're asking you questions we're texting about it we have group chats going and stuff it never feels like it, you're like the a really great definition of someone who doesn't let the cancer be them mm-hmm. or their illness be them in the way that even though we're talking about it we're talking about it like lightly we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about it you know, it has a, it has a heaviness to it, but we're talking about it. Like it's just run of the mill. It's like, this is what's going on. These are, these are the things that have happened. Yeah. And here's the reality of it. Here's, here's the, the reality facts. of it. Yeah. It's and the it, same. It's the same way you talk about, like if you're in school and you're writing like hard exams or something, or like, yeah. or you're, you have a challenging day at work and you talk about a struggle like that. Like nobody, people feel bad and empathize with that when you're having discussions about those things that are a little uh, are more trivial than cancer. But when we talk to Brandon about cancer, it's like, uh, it's just another challenge that he's dealing with in his day to day life. It's the exact same thing that started this podcast. 
Mm. Yeah, it's totally, like yeah. like the way that you, or at least the way that you, that the way that you, I want to say the way that you perceive yourself, but that's not what. But you know what I mean, like the way that you carry yourself. Yeah, it is the exact. It's it's exactly what spawned what this podcast is. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, us. someone who is just yeah, us that are just willing to like just fucking openly be cool to talk about it without having to like get super emotional, yeah. even though that's sometimes part of it, but also without having to like make things up and like, like, I don't know, hide things. And yeah. you're just, yeah, just you're just it. able to like own it and talk about it. I don't know. Do you, do you feel that way? Or do you feel like there's sometimes it's more of a struggle? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I find there's, there's some moments like I, I, I when I take these issues, I don't usually like, I don't go to my parents to talk about it, uh, you know, but my real feelings, or I don't, I don't really talk to my friends too much about it. When it comes to problems that I deal with, I prefer to like internalize them and process them myself and mm. deal with them my own way. Um, and I find in moments when I'm alone sometimes, I mean, I'm not this like, you know, perfect guy that just like poof, cancer, unscathed by it. <laughs> like there's, there's moments, of course, anybody like breaks down. Totally. And, I find, like, for instance, we went to uh, Lawn Summer Nights recently. We went to the yeah. CF fundraiser. Yeah, so uh, it's Lawn's, for those who don't know, listening, Lawn Summer Nights is a massive fundraiser for CF Canada. It's a lawn bowling tournament. And basically Social a bunch event. of, yeah, just a bunch of beautiful people get together, dress to the nines, get super drunk and lawn bowl. It's very fun. Yeah, it was a great time. And uh, and I, when I left, got, sat in my car. And it's just like, man, I was around all these people tonight and they were looked all happy and you know, for the most part they looked healthy other than Jeremy <laughs> and some other people. I was looking real sickly that night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than people that had cystic fibrosis. <laughs> and then it's so it's like when I'm around large groups of people that are like are healthy and they're having fun and they're laughing. And even if I'm having fun too, it's just when I'm out of the situation and I'm like, fuck, like I feel sicker than I feel now because like I have cancer and I was around all these people that are healthy. Like sometimes that yeah. gets in my head. Do you think you would feel a similar feeling to that? If say you didn't have the cancer, mm-hmm. right? Say you were doing fine, but your, your prosthetic still hasn't come in and you still came to lawn summer nights that night and you still had your crutches on. And then you finished the night, you went back in your car. Do you think you would feel the same way, but about only having one leg? Yeah. Like not being able to participate in the shit. Yeah. I think so. I think it's just, maybe it's just normal to, if you feel like even though with, you know, cancer doesn't stop me from talking to you guys or having a good time or laughing just like you guys would. It's just, I don't know. It's a, that, that mental thing that I'm just a little different than I'm, de- I'm dealing with different things than Brian is right now or Taylor because, you know, I got to go to the hospitals and I need to get scans and these scans are looking for cancer and it's not mm-hmm. like I just have a cold. So I have something that could kill me and it's like... It, gets in your head sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I think yeah. that it's also, and I can totally understand that, but I think it's also important to know that um, people always go through challenges in their lives, whether they're oh, as, yeah. as difficult as, as cancer may be or as 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 difficult on a, on a lesser scale. I guess like I had a, a this past week, I, had a, I messed up a, a real estate deal. Yeah. And, uh, and I was beating myself up over it for a couple of days and, and uh, I felt really disappointed in myself and I'm sitting around in groups of people and I'm like, it's kind of like the residue of that, of that bad, that bad feeling is just kind of washing over me a little bit and mm. carrying into my mental state. But, but then, yeah. but then but you then, were like, you know what? 
Brandon only has one leg. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two. <laughs> Things thing are great. Is that, is that always, yeah. you're always, the, the struggle is relative to the, to the individual, you know? I We've mean, talked about oh, that yeah. so yeah. much too. Like about, about trauma, for example, yeah. like someone's biggest trauma here versus someone's biggest trauma in you a know, developing Syria, country. You know, it's like, I think it's yeah. important to acknowledge that. Yes, of course. Like, I mean, like I, I've never dealt with anything as challenging as, as cancer. Yeah. But like we said, they're relative and, mm. and people, anybody could be dealing with, uh, whether they look healthy or not could be dealing True, with yeah. shit that might be really difficult for them to handle. Yeah. Right. It's, I mean, I'm sure there are people that were dealing with issues. It's just like, for instance, like maybe I don't know what you're dealing with. So all right. I can see is that you're having a happy, healthy person. And it's not so much like sadness. It's more so just like anger and frustration. Like I'm tired of being sick. Okay. Like I'm tired of having cancer I'm tired of having one leg. I'm, it's like, I've been given all these dates. Like I was supposed to get my prosthetic, but then it's like, boom, Nope. You have cancer. Now we got to deal with this. Your prosthetics, gonna, you know, go up a couple of weeks. You got to wait longer. It's, it's, it's like obstacles and obstacles and obstacles. And it just starts to become like frustration. Yeah. And I mean, let's, I mean, we could even talk about, you know, the fact that, so after recording and it, literally right after we recorded the first time, your mom mm. came down the yeah. stairs and we were like hanging out with your mom for a second. Yeah. And I was saying, dude, you should come to Maui with me to one of these surf camps for yeah. athletes for cancer. And you were like, yeah, I'm in. And then we literally had set that up. Mm-hmm. November, like first week of November, me and you, we we're going to fucking fly to Maui, hop on some surfboards, like shoot the shit. Yeah. And now you can't go like you literally had to email a for c like, like yeah. two days ago and tell them that you can't go however we're still gonna go in fucking yeah. march exactly doesn't matter but it's still those like it, it's those things just coming up where it's like god damn it like yeah. i had plans mm-hmm. i had fucking plans to do something and this because you, you, this this joffrey just comes into my life yeah. and King Joffrey's it. Because <laughs> you, you try so hard to not let it control your life. Yeah. And, and just control it. But then there's these parts that you just, it's out of your control. There's nothing I can do to change yeah. it. I, like, I can't change the fact I have to have surgery. I can't change the fact I have to have treatments. So how are the treatments going? I mean, so you go in for this, they're like, hey, we're going to, we're going to do this like completely um, new treatment. No one's ever done it before. There's only 38 of you in the world doing it right now. It could give you wings for all we know. Yeah. It make your cancer worse, more tumors. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. How we is it? We don't even know <laughs> what's in it. Yeah. 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 How is it? Like, is it? What's, what's, how is it? Uh, okay. Well, so I'll explain it first, like how the treatment works, I guess. Like sure. what, what yeah, immunotherapy yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so I guess there's, for starters, there's, from what I know, three different types of immunotherapy. Uh, you have immunotherapy that uses your body's immune system, like your T cells to, to fight cancer and to fight diseases. Uh, you have immunotherapy that actually takes, um, like another disease, like you take like AIDS or something and you, and you take the virus and you break it down and you use like the carrier part of it. You're not using the actual AIDS, but you're using a part of it to deliver the drug. Uh, and then my immunotherapy is you take an antibody and you genetically engineer it to be attracted to protein enzymes found in my cancer cells. And then what you do is you take a chemotherapy drug that's extremely toxic and you put it inside of the antibody. So it's like a Trojan horse. So it goes into my body, binds to the cancer, 
cancer absorbs the the, the antibody. Food, and then it's like, yeah. nah. and then it's like, ha bitch, what's up now? Yeah, and then kills it. Exactly, it's how it works. It's <laughs> targeted. It's a very Aziz Ansari. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's, it's targeted chemotherapy. It's like it's like giving chemo, giving it eyes, and telling it where it has to go in the body, instead of this like shotgun approach to treat. That sounds like some like special forces. You know, like, you know what it reminds yeah. me of? It's, it's the Navy SEALs. It reminds of chemo. me of. Uh, the, it is. Remember when you when we used to play Unreal Tournament and you could shoot those uh, rockets with a camera on it, and you could just <laughs> yeah guide the, rocket, guide the missile missile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camera guide missiles. Yeah. yeah, it's like that yeah. for cancer. That for cancer. <sighs> Video games. So. And, you know, immunotherapy is supposed to be the treatment that is the next big thing to replace chemotherapy, like, in the future. That's, this is, like, the big drug right now. That's what they're hoping for. They're, yeah. like, they're going, man, we hope this works so well that we can just throw chemo at the window and, and use this, like, immuno thing. But it still technically is chemo, right? Yeah. It, what I, my, my immunotherapy is, is technically oh, still oh, chemo. Oh, but there are the other two are not they don't yeah, use there's the other ones technique. that can use different things right, right it doesn't okay. always have to be chemo sure um so the way it worked is they wanted to do they wanted to give me the drug the thing is i get the drug once every 21 days uh so instead of chemotherapy getting it so often i'm getting it you know every 21 days so i'm outpatient the whole time i'm not in the hospital right and how often is chemo every 21 days every chemo is every 21 days yeah but Immunotherapies. Well, uh, chemo, immunotherapy. Sorry, same. It's thing. every twenty-one days anyway. Yeah, but your, okay. but your, oh, but, yeah. but your normal yeah. chemo that you got, be, no, normal in quotations, uh, that you got before, same deal, twenty-one days. Uh, I don't think it. I think for certain parts it was, certain parts it wasn't. It's probably, it's probably different depending on the cancer, depending on. Because I was getting like three different drugs. Yeah. yeah. I, I went in, so the other, a couple of weeks ago, I went, you were at the IWK and yeah. I was at the IWK picking up a prescription and we were just texting each other and I'm like, oh, I'm here too. And you're like, come up onto the fifth floor where the yeah. fuck you were. Yeah. And I came in and it was super interesting because, so this is, I've never actually watched anyone get treatment before in terms of cancer and chemo. Mm. I was expecting to go into a room with you as sitting with a bunch of other children uh, or like, you know, young, young people mm. all kind of sitting on their own couch getting the treatment like a but blood you, donor clinic yeah, or something. yeah exactly yeah. yeah but but you had your own private room you had like a couple nurses like p popper wilson over here sorry you had your own private room and uh <laughs> and you you had a couple nurses waiting on you you had your 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 uh your family was there yeah um and it was interesting because because it's a a uh, a test drug or yeah. like a, you know, a non, uh, a study, mm-hmm. they, they had to watch you like a hawk and like, I'm sitting there talking to your mom and talking to you. And then all of a sudden your mom's like, Brandon, are you getting a rash? Is that, a, is, <laughs> yeah. is that a rash on your neck? And you're like, Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I think that is a rash. And your old man's like, no, I don't, I don't think that's a rash. And I'm like, hi guys, I, I maybe. And then we're like, Ding the nurse. And the nurse comes in and we're like, nurse, I think he had a rash. But then she goes over and your mom's like, oh, wait, looks like it's gone. And then you're like, I don't think there was a rash. And she goes, I don't see a rash, but I'll, I'll take a note. And she like writes down a note. And yeah. the whole time I'm thinking like, how? There's a study <laughs> person that's in the corner going, one possible rash. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, how, how like on point are you and looking for all these yeah. different things? But yeah, have you noticed anything? So, well, wait, but wait, 
did have you ever gotten like a, a narb when you're getting the the drugs and they're like oh my god what's that a narb is that like a, a little is boner that, yeah is a what how old are you what a the narb, fuck's a narb no yeah. everybody knows what a narb is it's, it's a well narb? i i clearly oh. you're in a room with zero percent of people that know <laughs> well it. yeah, it's general good. knowledge but you guys are just not intelligent it obviously stands for no no apparent reason boner oh a narb where you just get a, a boner for no reason i wonder like did they because like they would, they could possibly think that that's. You what know, did they serve effect? in the cafeteria we, yesterday? For people that weren't on PEI when we did our live show, we had this drinking game. It, you know, we should actually just let everyone who's listening right now know: if you ever tune into Sick Boy Podcast and you're not driving your car, uh, grab a beer, sit down, and play this drinking game with us. Where every time Brian says something completely fucking stupid, take a drink. <laughs> I'm gonna drink my beer right now. So let's just uh, let's let's. Rain it back in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's another one. That's another one. Anytime he says yeah. he wants to rain it in or reel it in, so, also another drink. So what I was trying to get at was, you know, they were watching to see, okay, uh, we can't tell you what the effects of this study drug are because we don't know. Or what we do know, we don't have enough data to actually say that this yeah. is a side effect. What have you noticed so far? I know there's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... They told me what they what they did know from like testing it on rats. Taylor, stop it! Just because I said big one. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the side effects, Brian? Brandon, I know that there's a big one. Your dick. Yeah. Oh, oh, was that? Oh, was, oh, was, oh Brian. Oh, was, was that what we were implying, Brian? Uh, every, I didn't even know. They were actually every, just giving me Viagra the whole time. It was a whole lie. I was gonna say everybody take a drink. Yo, um, in this study, would they give a placebo? <laughs> That that sounds, yeah, would they? Is that something I, they could do? I, don't I guess technically. So they're they seeing have if, to, right? Yeah, if, they would have to. If mentally you could defeat cancer. Well, maybe, maybe. this whole time, guys. Yeah, why? Yeah, you're just forcing your hair out. Well, I just gave the spoiler away. <laughs> What's the big one that you that you noticed? The big. Uh, I lost fifty uh, percent of my hair. Fifty percent. What, yeah. dude? You should have just left the other fifty on. So it's just to just, just fuck with some crazy trends. Oh wait, fifty percent of your hair. What do you mean, fifty percent? Uh, like this because the drug isn't going like everywhere through my body and it's so targeted. Uh, they like if it regular chemo, you lose all your hair everywhere, just all of it. Eyebrows, eyebrows, pubes, eyelashes, yeah, pubes, arm hair, ass hair, everything. You name it. Uh, but fifty percent, so it's only certain parts of your hair. So I lost. I started balding on certain patches in my head. So I was like, I just said fuck it and I shaved it. My eyebrows are still in, but they thinned a bit. Uh, I lost some facial hair and pubes and ass hair gone your facial hair is still nice. better Whoa, than really you lost your pubes dude? honestly what'd you say i didn't know that part like, the first time i got chemo yeah, that's new the first thing to go was my ass hair no it wasn't that's how i knew i was like dad dad i just wiped my ass and it was like all like, hair all hair <laughs> <laughs> dad here we go either i'm shitting hairballs or the chemo's working yeah and then sure enough i'm at home go wipe my ass and there's a bunch of fucking hair oh no and i'm like here we go again you know what though we actually just did an episode where we talked about anal bleaching and uh, i believe we talked about um yeah, waxing the assholes we did do that uh, dude i would i aside from no getting the act here. done i would love to have my asshole waxed so send some of that treatment my way bro yeah it's, it's, it's nice little parts <laughs> taylor's face <laughs> But Taylor, uh, but Taylor can't. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor can't relate because he literally has no hair on his butt. 
Mm. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Are know. you kidding me? No, Taylor has no a, hair on his butt. I have a hairless ass. Let me see your ass. Dude, you're dude, the hairiest right guy now. in this room right now. I know I am, but I but check it out. No way. Yeah, dude. Taylor is standing up. He is undoing Dude, his look pants. at your belly. Look at like look at the base of your pubes. Like, like you like carpet. Off his pants. You have so much hair. How's your I'm a wolf. Check it out. Oh, what? That is a hairless bum. Now, if you spread those cheeks, though. <laughs> oh, oh, I just saw inside no. of you. <laughs> oh, no. Just looked into caves. You're welcome. I saw the inside of your colon. <laughs> Guys, if we had a YouTube channel, if we started video, like oh, putting wow. these episodes out to the world through video, we would be shut down so fucking fast. Mm. Well, I mean, none of us are wearing clothes right now, so oh, that's all part of it. Only Isn't that a blessing? The nude. Okay. Isn't that a blessing? I well, I don't have any hair on my. You know what? Either, I honestly I do think that when I was a little kid, I just I, looked, <laughs> I, I just went I I went I, I don't want to I want to have I want to have hairy legs and hairy arms. I want hair on my chest. And I want facial hair, and then I just don't want hair on my anywhere on my ass. I just never got it. You prayed to God. You were, like yeah. you were doing your prayers. Yeah. Your prayers. I did hail marys like every night. Dear then, Lord, don't give pray, me bum bum hair. Did you pray about the patchiness <laughs> of your beard too, dude? Uh, look at my fucking full ass beard right now. Look at it. Look at it. Brian can't grow facial hair. All right, so <laughs> so you lost. You're goddamn right. You now. Goddamn can you now? Let's let's bring it back in. You lost fifty percent of your hair. Yeah, lost fifty percent of my hair. Other than that, really, is that pretty much it? Yeah, no side effects really. That, what about that rash on your neck? I saw for about ten <laughs> seconds there. That never that, that never resurfaced. That, that, that was nothing. Okay. Um, now, what about like uh, do you? I know when a lot of people do chemo, mm. they get uh, they get like really um, sort of nauseous or like were you feeling any of that kind of stuff? Like any of the normal chemo things? I've gotten some cramps. Uh, I mean, other than that, nothing. No nausea, no vomiting, no diarrhea. Fuck with your with your taste buds or anything Time like that. Month, taste buds, good. <laughs> just nothing really, honestly. No side Menstrual effects. joke. Just the hair. So uh, then, how do how how does it differ? Um, and how is it the same as, as the last time you went through chemo? Is it, is it easier? Oh, way easier. Yeah. This treatment. I mean, I'm, I'm not in the hospital. I'm, I'm walking around doing shit. I'm going out with you guys. I'm yeah, I'm good. I want to come back to that. But before we do, I think a lot of people are probably waiting and, and thinking, well, how, like, is it working? Like what's the, what is so far? Where are we at? Um, so uh, the way it worked is they said we're gonna we're gonna give you two scans. We're gonna give you an MRI at the beginning, and then two months in, we're gonna give you another MRI to see if the tumor has shrunk. Right. So the first MRI, it was five by five centimeters in, in size, so about like a know, like a big golf ball type shit, and f- or like uh, like ta- Taylor's balls. Yeah, like Taylor's balls. Um, but the issue was. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is it a? Is it? Are you? Let, is don't, it, don't interrupt. Oh, no, no. Is it not? Is it? Is it bad to have big or small balls? Just I don't just know. Rain it back in here. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about that on the next host episode. Big balls, small balls. What do you prefer? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, go on. Um, and so the surgeons, though, because uh, that was the oncology protocol: two scans, two months. Right. Okay. Yeah. Surgeons didn't feel safe because the tumor is on top of my hip flexor. If it grows anymore, it could go towards major organs, things like that. They wanted more scans. So I got multiple scans in between. The tumor went from 5 centimeters to 7 centimeters to 11 centimeters within two weeks. Holy shit. Yeah. I have what is known as a high-grade osteosarcoma. So it grows extremely fast. That sounds like a very bad osteosarcoma to have. The cells are rapidly producing very quickly. Um, So it grows quicker. But then... 
at the 11 centimeters, it stopped. And then after those two treatments, so that's two months, half of the tumor was dead. It was still at its size, but half of it was dead. And then... Does dead mean, like, not receiving blood? Like, they, they did a scan, they couldn't see blood in it you anymore? Can or it wasn't see, feeding? You can see the, ce- like the cells and the tissue that's alive in, in an MRI, and then you can see all this necrotic tissue, which is dead tissue. So Yeah, so just tissue that's not, like, active. It's not, not, not like... Not living. Yeah. yeah. And then I had... Down with King Joffrey. Down with, down King, with Joffrey. King Joffrey. Here we go. Had another scan, and it shrunk all the way back to five centimeters. And that was just a couple of weeks ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I'm only now I'm three treatments in because it, I had to do <laughs> two treatments, and if it didn't shrink within those two treatments, I was kicked off the study. Mm. It, yeah, it was deemed that the drug is not going to work. They gave it a two month span, um, and then something tells me they're not using a placebo for this. They're actually just going, let's see how this drug works. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know enough about studies. Let's get a professional in. Anyway. Yeah. And so it shrunk the gate and they said, you're good. You can continue getting this drug. And I got my third cycle. Uh, and that now that's kind of where I am now. Huh? What was it? What, what was it like? What was it like leading up to going in to get those results? It, I mean, I know what you did that weekend hmm. because we par- partied, partied hard, hard. Hmm. but what was it like going in? It was it was super nerve wracking. I mean, yeah, waiting shit. waiting to get the first MRI to like figure out if it was shrinking, uh, it was freaking me out. But the thing that was nice is the tumor is so superficial. Like it's so it's it's not deep. It's literally below the abdominal wall, sitting on top of the hip flexor muscle. So you can you can feel it with your hand. Yeah. And so when it was like at eleven centimeters, I could feel this huge fucking ball. Like you could just see it if I laid down. It, it probably looked and probably felt like a, a hernia. Yeah, yeah, you know that's, I mean? that, they kind of thought it could have been a hernia yeah. when they first felt it, um, but yeah, I could physically feel this huge mass. But then when it had gotten back to five centimeters, you could significantly—I could feel it that it was smaller. So Ooh. going into the scan, I, I kind of knew, right? But I just wanted that reassurance, like I wanted to hear it from the doctor. Yeah, your tumor is shrunk. Really? So I mean, it still was nerve-wracking. I mean, it, it definitely was stressful, but I mean, I felt confident going into it. Mm-hmm. And how did you, when they, when they said like, yo dude, here's how much it shrank. Were you like, I mean, cause I'm, I'm assuming they give you that, that info as like very well, uh, here, um, this is uh here is the facts. Uh, it shrunk, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Goodbye. <laughs> next. Like, yeah. Next. And then like, but were you kind of like, Fucker, what's up now? Oh, bitch, yeah. what's up now? They should hire like Are a Matthew McConaughey up? character type person to come in and be like, hey, dude. Yeah, what's up, bro? All right, like, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Your kids are shrinking. Your hey. cancer is like half the size. I also just wanted to say something really cool. I don't want to say it to Brian specifically. Also, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't watched Game of Thrones yet. You might want to cover your ears. Guess how Joffrey dies in Game of Thrones, Brian? How? Chemotherapy. Well, <laughs> yeah. Hey, chemo got him. Uh, he was poisoned to death. Mm. I, I'm really liking this Joffrey. Oh, uh, so this, sweet. this Joffrey comparison. Yeah, it's so. feeling very Joffrey esque. Yeah, let's poison that little fuck. I yeah. thought you, I thought you were saying that to Taylor <laughs> as like a, a spoiler to Taylor because he hasn't seen it yet. Oh Man. no, Taylor's pretty much caught up. I, thought was, I was waiting for Taylor's reaction. Oh, but I'm all caught, all caught up. up. Um. Well, here's a this. So this is pretty much where you're at right now. Yeah, and I mean, I was pretty pumped to hear that it was shrinking. I Fuck mean, yeah, you were. 
and I wasn't gonna like as much as I was worried that it wasn't gonna work. I just I tried to just keep it in my mind that yeah. like it's gonna work. There's nothing yeah. else. Like, I mean, you're not out of the clear. Yeah. Right. Like realistically, you're uh, still in the shit. Oh, right this now. this treatment could stop working at like yeah. any time. However, right? things are looking pretty goddamn good. I fucked it up the first time. I'm gonna fuck it up the second time. It's just, <laughs> How it's go. Yeah, yeah, and when you say fucked it up, you don't mean like you. M- I messed, messed it up. You're, no, you're like you're gonna you're gonna fucking rock it. Like that's yeah. it. You're rocking. You rocked it the first time. You're gonna rock it this time. Gonna take it to that cancer. Cancer can suck you d. Um, but I do want to talk about something that's so. Th- you to me, Brandon. You are you are a so a brave. special little boy. You are a special little boy. You mean a lot to me oh. in that. You know, you came on this, you had no idea who the fuck I was. You didn't know Taylor. You didn't know Brian. No. We had met, uh, we had been linked up essentially through my dad knew your friends, mom's friends, parents or something like that. And I reached out to you and you were like, yeah, I'll come and talk about my, my situation. You came on the show. It was a great time. Me and you and your mom and Brian Taylor talked about like bringing you out to Maui. We kind of stayed in touch. We had a live show. You came out to our live show. It was one. Of, it was one of our first live shows here in Halifax. Mm-hmm. And after that show, that was the. And correct me if I'm wrong. The first night that you had taken the endeavor to go out as a as a legal drinking adult, like yeah. 19 year old. The first time you went out to have a good time. Yeah. You were crutched up. You had your X fix on, and you came to our live show. And after the show ended, you were pretty game to like go have a time and so we just went like we went like as hardcore as i think is like we we could i just think of stepbrothers i think do we just become best friends yeah it was yeah it was totally (laughs) one of those yeah totally one of those (laughs) nights so we were like well let's fucking you know we we were were, me and brian taylor we were vibing from a like a a sweet live show a bunch of our friends we were like let's fucking Let's go like tear this city up with this one legged bro mm-hmm. his crutches. <laughs> yeah. I don't and think so we, we said one legged bro. I, I'm no. pretty sure those words came directly out of your <laughs> mouth, Brian. And so we 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 brought you to what's called the Seahorse here in Halifax, like one of our favorite dance places. And the lineup was fucking massive. And we were like, let's use your cancer to get you in, man. And you were like, yeah. So we <laughs> crutched up to like the top of the line and we were like dude this guy can't wait in line like he's got one leg and you were like oh there was no there's no there's no ramp there's no there's ramp no, like, oh yeah, ramp. yeah we, get, we gave him shit for no accessibility ramp and they the guy panicked the door guy panicked he just let you in yeah but he was like you got you three you can't come in but that guy with the crutches he's in and we were like all right fine you go in yeah we sent you in and then we found a way into the back like some back door and it was one of the most like it was a it was a rager of a night, but it, like that night on the dance floor, watching you like fucking throw your crutch up in the air and yeah. like like fist pumping <laughs> and just having like the most amazing time. It was like I don't know, man. It, it was one of those moments that made me feel so grateful that this podcast exists because none of that that's one of, that was one of the most memorable nights I've had in a couple of years. You know, like it was a really solid night. None of that Great. would have been possible without any of this. 
And then and that, a thing happened where you asked those uh, two girls if they would both have oh, sex no. with Brandon. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I did not say that. I did not say that. I. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. Let's anyway. Go. Uh, anyway, no, we're not going there. But. Sounds but, suspicious. But then you came out to PEI. You came and hung out with like us on PEI. You came to my, like, my play. You came to our live show that we did there. Yeah. We partied there. Like you're. Came up for my birthday. Yeah, yeah. Like you're, you, you, you are now like a friend. You know, like you're, you're a, a good friend. Of I'm ours. waiting for that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, uh, yo, and I don't oh, like maybe, so much. <laughs> maybe this isn't, maybe the podcast isn't the place to say this. Maybe this, you know, maybe we'll cut this out. But I just, I, I don't know, man. I'm just like, I'm so grateful to have you in my life, and to like, and like as one sick guy to another sick guy. To see the way that you approach your situation, it, dude, it's like, it, it helps me deal with my situation, you know? And like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm super grateful to know you. I'm super grateful to like, to be like a part of this, this process with you and to, to hear what you're going through and to like, to, to lend an ear if you need Mm -hmm. it. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, going through this whole process, having friends like you around definitely has made it easier i mean because you guys you, you run this podcast you deal with people who are sick all the time you talk about people what you talk with people who are sick all the time but you're our favorite <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one with a leg that's backwards you are you are you are truly the only one you're a transformer leg. no one else is a transformer <laughs> yeah. but it, it definitely makes it easy to talk to you guys about it because you're so used to talking to people who are sick you know what i mean it's not like not I, even though we aren't really well, that used to it. I mean, we're getting used to it, but like we're not. Yeah, but you know. that's the like that like then extrapolate that. I mean, you know, we come back to this shit all the time on the podcast. Is like, oh well, that's kind of like what we just want everything to to be now. Like, if everyone talked more about it in a more lighthearted manner or without you know all the shit that gets attached to it, then then this this way method of speaking to people would be universal instead of in a room with microphones. And this is, it's something where very, like very deep friendships, like start, mm, you know what I mean? Totally. Like I, this is something, and yo, I'm telling you, cause you'll fucking see it, Brandon. This is something that happens every single time I go to Maui for that, that surf camp, mm. like cancer camp. I call it cancer camp. It's not cancer camp. It's athletes for cancer, but mm. cancer camp, I call it cancer camp, cancer, cancer camp, camp, cancer camp, like brings people, it, it brings people together in this like incredibly beautiful way. And it's, I don't know. I think any, anybody who's fucking sitting here listening to this, we we're kind of talking today about like, what if we just came, what if we put together some sort of like video series on, on like a guide to talking to sick people, you know, <laughs> and we put that out there and people just took it and was like, all right, here's your challenge. Go out and, and talk to one person who's, who's struggling with some sort of illness today and, and use our guide to sick, talking to sick people. I feel like, Dude, like very meaningful relationships can be formed from that because it's something that a lot of people feel alienated. A lot of people feel like there's a, you know, that they can't talk or they or they don't have like the 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 right the right people around them to talk about what they're going through and when you open up and you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you lend a, a like a very wide, very open ear to listen to what that person has to say, it's like like Beautiful things come from that. 
and and this is I to have you on Brandon as our as as a as a, as a re, our first repeat guest. I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it's the fucking coolest thing ever. I got cancer just to come back on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that one of the things I texted you is like, hey, I think you did. I I, I can come back on the podcast now, and you're like, why? And I was like, because I got cancer uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yes. <laughs> I was like, ah, shit. But yeah. <laughs> I I think one of the you, like Brandon, you say that you say that we're good at talking to sick people, but I never feel like we're talking to sick people. I just feel like we're we're hanging out and having this conversation. That's exactly what I That's meant it. before. That's it's like it. we're talking yeah. about it, but it's not because I feel like talking about illnesses for so long has been this like, okay, well, when you talk about sickness, it's sad and it sucks and da, 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 da. And it can be like we always say, it can be that. But, and we talk about your, 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 your situation all the time, your chemo, your everything, what you're going through with your leg, mm-hmm. but it never has that shit attached to it it feels normal it feels fluid it feels open to have those conversations with you mm-hmm. i'm sorry i totally stole you stole your uh stole your no that was that was that was pretty right yeah yeah that was that was exactly what i was about to say so <clears throat> people going through cancer um i you know i'm assuming it would be safe to say that recurrence uh is if that's the right word, recurrence, yeah, but recurrence. recurrence is one of the biggest fears. Oh, for sure. Um, after you're told like, all right, cool. Like everything looks in the clear. Like we feel like we're good. You're going to be on your, your every tri-monthly or, or six month, like six month scan. Yeah. What would you say to someone who just experienced a recurrence or is going through recurrence uh, currently? I mean, you got to ask as many questions as, uh, as you can, you got to be your own advocate, uh, because I know, you know, they're going to tell you, this is what we're doing. This is your treatment. These are your scans. But if you don't feel comfortable with anything, you should demand your own scans. If you, if you don't feel like that, if they're just looking just at your leg and you're still worried about other areas, you can actually demand your own scans. And I didn't know about that going into this which I would have liked to have known the first time because, I mean, when we talk about scans and the way they do things, I think they should be more, mm. you know, mm-hmm. full body scans, things like that. And be be your own advocate, you know. Solid. Patient advocacy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... We've, had, we've heard that a number of times on the show. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I think rings true for a lot of people and, and a thing that a lot of people don't, really consider so yeah uh dude fucking thanks thanks for taking your time to come in here like crutch down those stairs those dangerous stairs down to our studio do you guys like sweat a lot when you do these dude it's hot as fucking here what's going on bry i, I thought know. it was just the cancer why is it hot did you turn the heat up no fuck no it's oh just hot God. in here i don't know doors closed um we're very close to hell <laughs> we're in a basement so it's fucking hot we are close to hell I think for some of the things we say on this yeah. fucking show uh, yep. well that's it for today um, fuck Brandon dude this is the best I'm so glad you came in here as our first uh, repeat guest Honored. so happy that so you stoked. could get 
another cancer. <laughs> I, oh, I did no, it that's not what I meant. you guys. <laughs> that's not what I meant. That's exactly what you meant, Jeremy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> in fact, you told us that both earlier. Oh, God. I'm going to keep on getting different diseases so I can come in. Keep uh, it up. Speaking of which, uh, Matt Slaney has been working oh, on God. getting more diseases. Yeah. Well, so that's another, we'll that's come another, back to that. That's another repeat guest. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed what you listened to, We've got a couple things we'd love for you to do. Uh, one of the big ones is head on over to, to iTunes and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Here we go, Taylor. These rate and reviews. Yeah, there you go. Nothing. So it, the reason why we ask you to do that, the rating and reviewing in particular, is because it keeps us on the charts. It moves us up so that people can see that we exist. Um, we've been within the like top fifty of comedy podcasts. Rate it and review it. Here we go. Uh, so we, it means a lot. It's a big one and it really helps us. Uh, secondly, we've got a Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, go on over to www.patreon.com slash sick boy. We're so close to our goal. Our we first are, goal. Yeah. Our first goal is $500. Um, go check it out. If you're not sure what it is, it's basically monthly contributions to help us do what we're doing and, and help us spread our, our message wide and far. And, uh, we don't have sponsors. We're doing this on our own. On our own dime, on our own time. In fact, and, uh, we, we just had a, a super awesome meeting this morning where we we're planning some big things that will require uh, us to invest some money. It into, will require so some Patreon. We're going to Ram Rover in October. <laughs> Ram we're coming to Vancouver. If you're in Vancouver, we're going to come see you in October. Um, uh, and of course, go to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We got some fun stuff that's up there. Brad, what's up? Uh, I think the other thing that people should do is if they really love this podcast, then they should uh, go out and talk to someone who's sick. Fuck yeah. Start those conversations. Yeah. And send, a, and, and send us a video of it. <laughs> <laughs> Videotape yourself. Talking about how nice it is that you're going and talking to a sick person. Yeah. Give yourself some credit. Pat yourself. But on actually, the back. you know what? There's something said to be said about that. Send us a message. Email us. Yeah. Uh, info at sickboypodcast.com. If you've got anything you want to say, any feedback, uh, let us know what's up. Uh, we love hearing from you guys, and, and we love all of you so much. So thank you so much for supporting and us. And we bet that you won't do all of those things. Thank you so much for listening, and that's it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.